We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Video games on the radio? <laughs> I find that hard to believe. Coolio, if you don't know, and welcome one and all to the season premiere, one week late, but it's still here, of season five of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. How is everybody doing? It is Friday, it is the middle of summer, it is time to get pumped. I'm back, we're doing this, we're starting right now, and I'm getting started right away on telling you what is going on in and around the Low Bias game community, starting with Scarlet at youtube.com slash Scarlet has been playing through Ratchet and Clank going commando, and recently also finished a run of Brandish the Dark Revenant, that's the PSP remake of the SNES original, uh, playing as Della Dellen, which is the second loop through the game, which is substantially harder. I've played it myself. Uh, Jade over at youtube.com slash Jade Pharaoh has been playing Saga Frontier, lots of Mega Man games, Super Mario RPG, uh, the Strong Bad's Cool game for Attractive People series, as well as many others. Uh, also has been playing Lufia 2, but unfortunately that uh, series I believe is being restarted because of a recording error, so... Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to catch that one right away, but it is um, going to be reworked and re-released. The Real Zero, youtube.com slash the real zero to three uh, in zero instead of the E, has been playing Spectacle, which is a Mac Venture style game. Also has been doing his BizHawk Shuffler series, Toho Tuesday. Um, lots of cool stuff going on there, as well as his Twitch channel, The Real Zero. Jpop for Life at youtube.com slash jpop4lf has been playing Loop Hero, which he's recently finished, uh, has reclaimed his own world record at Pinbot just recently, and also a lot of Seven Saga randomizers and some cool stuff there. Ragnats, uh, uh, twitch.tv slash ragnats has been streaming, uh, Hollow Knight has as far as he's aware, finished the game and has started on a game called Night Call. And who else is streaming? Hmm, oh, I don't know, maybe me! I've been streaming! Yes, I have started streaming over at twitch.tv slash coolumzx and I have lately been streaming 999, 9 hours, 9 persons, 9 doors with the intent of streaming the entire series. It's great! Uh, let's get some music at uh, Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Alibax, and let's get to it.
listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song is by Jun Ishikawa, and it is the title theme and the Green Greens theme from today's game from the archives. Kirby to the rescue! Dreamland is in peril! An evil king has stolen the magic twinkle stars! If they're not recovered, the people of Dreamland could starve! Meet Kirby, a roly-poly little hero, as he runs, jumps, floats, and swims in search of the treasure twinkle stars. He'll puff his way through castles, caves, dungeons, and forests. In his path are many wicked and greedy enemies, but Kirby has a special way to defeat them. It's non-stop action all the way up to the top of Mount DDD. And this is Kirby's Dreamland. It is a platformer game for the Game Boy developed by HAL Labs, published by Nintendo and released in 1992. It is uh, the first Kirby game. Simple as that. And it is also one of, I think, two, if I'm not mistaken, Kirby games where he does not have his copy ability, with the other one being, um, oh, what was it, Mass Attack. Owen Kirby's Pinball Land, I guess. So there's there's a couple where he doesn't get to use copy abilities, but this is the first one. He didn't know how to copy yet. He learned it along the way. So there you go. Very simple game. Uh, two videos available over on LilBiasGaming.net as part of the Kirby's All-Star Legend um, playthrough, which I really need to get to uploading the rest of those. Well, loading the rest of those into the website. Uh, I've been very lazy about that admittedly, but eh, there it is and there you go. Anyway, blowbiasgaming.net, Kirby's Dreamland, it's there if you want to check it out.
Lost in Groove Valley by Tohomoko, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Welcome back to the Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, it is of course time for the news of the weird. And as usual, I do not read these stories ahead of time. Some of these may not jive well with all audience, but all audiences, but they have been scanned for objectionable content. This segment is usually about 13-15 minutes long, so take that as you will. Our lead story for today, medical mystery. The Washington Post reported on July 14th that Brazil's president, Jair Bolsonaro, uh, is expected to be under, uh, under observation at the Armed Forces Hospital in Brasilia for a few days, while doctors try to determine a cause behind his chronic hiccups. Bolsonaro has been hiccuping for more than 10 days, even at public events. The leader is no stranger to weird health scares. While he served while he suffered from COVID-19 last year, he was bitten by a large emu-like bird. For his part, he thinks the hiccups may be related to medicines he was taking after dental implant surgery. That certainly is an assortment of things that happened. I, although I don't think there is any correlation between being infected with COVID-19 and being bitten by an emu or similar bird. Um, I, cert- I mean, I recently got my second shot, and I was not approached by any sort of large, flightless bird, so I don't think that's one of the symptoms. Our next story under the subtitle of Awesome. David Olson, 33, was demolishing the back steps outside of his home in Norton Shores, Michigan on July 1st, when he rolled a strike, so to speak, Olsen found at least 160 bowling balls buried under, uh, buried in, their, in the sand under the home. Uh, un- upon seeing the first ball, he thought maybe there were just a couple there to fill it in. The deeper I got into it, the more I realized it was just basically an entire grid work of them, he told the Detroit Free Press. Olsen said many of the balls are in bad condition and they all had spiral grooves cut into them. Former employees of a Brunswick plant nearby got in touch with him, explaining that workers used to take scrapped balls to use as an alternative to gravel or sand. Wilson donated eight balls to a local church to use in a bowling ball cannon at a pig roast. What? His stepfather plans to use some as legs for custom furniture. A bowling ball cannon? That sounds like a terrible idea! What? Like... What, what are your plant? Where are you going to fire these bowling balls? Like, this, and especially bowling balls that were scrapped. This seems like a bad idea all around. Please be careful with those. Anyway, our least competent criminals of the week, the two of them. Um, a 48-year-old unnamed woman from Brock Township, Ontario, uh, managed to get herself arrested on July 9th for, for the theft of a surveillance camera in May, CP24 TV reported. Uh, a suspect proceeded to take pictures of themselves with the stolen camera, which were remotely sent to the owner unbeknownst to the suspect, the report from the Durham Regional Police uh, reads. 
she was charged with possession of property obtained by crime. Yeah, what, like, you, I'm sure you were aware of the fact that it was a surveillance camera from where you actually picked it up. Why did you start taking selfies with the surveillance camera? Didn't you think that it was going to upload those to a cloud somewhere? Anyway, uh, another one, another one of these. Fortunately, not in Canada. Uh, Stefan uh, Elash, 24, of Campbell, Ohio, was pulled over by a state trooper on July 3rd for speeding. WKBN TV reported. In a panic, Elash put a baggie of, ma of marijuana in his mouth and tried to swallow it, but he choked. Trooper Charles Hoskins used the Heimlich maneuver to force the bag out of Elash's throat, likely saving his life. Afterward, Elash apologized, and Hoskins reported, I know, it's alright, it's a minor misdemeanor. Do you want to die over a minor misdemeanor? Elash was charged over speeding and not wearing a seatbelt, and got a minor mis uh, misdemeanor summons for possession. Like... The, this entire thing, just gonna say, this entire thing would have been prevented if it was just legalized. Just gonna say. What's in a name? In the UK, Heather, not her real name, uh, the mother of a teenage, a teenager formerly known as Alexa, unbeknownst whether that's her real name, told the BBC that her daughter had to change her name and move schools to escape bullying and teasing related to the Amazon smart, uh, smart speaker's default name. Okay, so that's, that is her real name. Um, another mother, Charlotte, not her real name, <laughs> said her six-year-old daughter is already tormented. Alexa, play disco. I don't have an Alexa thing here, so I'm hearing disco in the background. I think it's affecting her confidence. Uh, adults make fun of her too. And Lauren Johnson of Massachusetts, whose daughter is nine, said, This whole thing is a step beyond normal teasing and bullying. It is identity erasure. The word Alexa has become synonymous with servant or slave. In response, Amazon, Amazon reminds users that, quote, We offer several other wakeboards customers can choose from, including Echo, Computer, and Amazon. We've saddened, uh, we've, we're saddened by the experiences you've shared and want to be very clear. Bullying of any kind is unacceptable and we condemn it in the strongest possible terms. I mean, I should hope that you do. Um, I guess I can kind of understand why you would have called it, you know, uh, an actual name. Because... Well, I don't know. It's kind of a marketing thing, but in, in the end, it's kind of weird, and this is why. Um, at least they're not down with the whole bullying thing, so... But if you're going to... Well, I guess we'll see how this goes. I, I don't know if Samsung Sam is still a thing. Probably not. I think that lasted all of 15 seconds. Because I haven't, I haven't heard anything from it since uh, since people started talking about it. Fanatics. 
uh, fans of the National Hockey League uh, champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Boo. I'm just going to say that right now. Boo. I was rooting for the Habs. Have, custom, have a customized way is, uh, have a customized way to celebrate as of July 12th. Coors Light Championship uh, Coors Light Champions Ice uh, Business Wire reported during the finals uh, Coors scraped and collected actual ice from the arena and transported it to Golden, Colorado where Coors products are made. The ice is filtered during the brewing process and then blended into the beer giving both uh, fans a literal taste of the action said Marcel Pasqua Vice President of Marketing gross. Uh, local fans will be able to enjoy the limited edition brew at Tampa Bay bars. You know what? I, I don't want any of this. I, I, I don't drink beer to begin with. But I wouldn't want this one. I don't want a taste of the action, especially when it's a literal taste of the action. Ah, boys of oh boys. Uh, here's another crime report because we... I don't know. U.S. Customs agencies 3,000 pairs of false eyelashes. Okay. At the Louis Armstrong New Orleans International Airport on July 6th, the Times Picayune reported. The eyelashes were intended for a beauty supply store in New Orleans, but they were unlabeled and hadn't been approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, Customs spokesperson Matthew Dibner uh, said. Unregulated falsies can lead it to allergic reactions, eye irritations, and other maladies. There's no telling what's on those eyelashes, Diamond said. But, okay, I mean, I can, I can see that. Um, especially when it's something that close to your eyes. Um, yeah, you want to make sure that it's something that it's, that, that it's not going to, you know, Irritate your eyes. Why is this a crime report? I don't think any crime was committed here. Um, I, I can see selling something that wasn't approved. As if you claim that it was, then that's not a good thing. Anyway, maybe I'm just grumpy because it's like 150% humanity right now. News that sounds like a joke. Uh, you are now free to get a haircut and shave in New York on a Sunday. Uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo signed legislation on July 13th to repeal an archaic law banning barbers from working on Sundays. Though rarely enforced, the law was sheer madness. S-H-E-A-R. Cuomo quipped, according to United Press International. Well played. What? Like, this is... There are a bunch of laws that are extremely situational. Like, you can't put your donkey in the bathtub on a Sunday. Like, some weird... Some weird stuff like that. That makes no sense unless you know why it was instituted. And even then, it makes very little sense as to why it's a law. Anyway, it, 
kind of kind of an idea of like, oh, I'm gonna do this. It's not illegal. Not illegal. Show me the law. Anyway, weird things, man. Weird things. Happy accident. Barrington, New Jersey resident Louis uh, Louis Louis, Louis Angelino third. 27 works at a liquor store, but he's uh, lately has been cleaning friends' houses in order to make some extra cash. One day in June, Angelino was scheduled to clean the home of his friend Mark, NJ.com reported. Uh, he showed up, found the key under the mat, and spent two and a half hours making the townhome sparkle. That's when Mark called him to see if he'd been able to get the job done, and Angelino said, I'm literally in your living room right now playing with your cats. But Mark replied, Louis, I don't have any cats. Turns out Angelino had bit, had written down the wrong address and tidied up a neighbor's home instead. Mark left a note for Tom and Beth Motzel explaining the mix-up. Tom arrived home before his wife and called her saying, You won't believe it, someone broke into our house and cleaned the entire thing, Swiffer and all. Beth had, has dubbed Angelino the cleaning fairy and his business is taking off. Well, at least they took it well. Like, so some people would still uh, seek to um, litigate, but um, it definitely seems like um, this ended quite well. So, um, cleaning fairy it is. Um, yeah. Here's some inexplicable news for y'all, because we haven't had any of those yet. In Santa Ana, California, on July 13th, firefighters responded to a building on North Harbor Boulevard where a woman was wedged naked between the concrete walls of two buildings, Foxen was reported. Workers at a nearby body shop had heard the woman screaming but couldn't figure out where she was. The cops came in and got on the roof and looked between the two walls and she's all naked, one said. She was screaming in pain. She was upside down, too. The space was less than a foot wide, and firefighters had to cut a hole into the concrete and pull her out. As for how she got there, Orange County Fire Authority Captain Tan Yen uh, called it a mystery to all of us here right now. Well, I don't know, have you tried asking her? Like, maybe she fell into it somehow, and maybe she kind of... Uh, Maybe she fell into a teleport trap or something. I don't know. Like, there are many possible explanations, some of which are unfathomable, but they're still explanations. <clears throat> Here is a bright idea for y'all. Hollister Tryon, 18, of Glastonbury, Connecticut, was charged on July 9th with felony computer crimes after he hacked into a database to, enter, to edit entries in the Glastonbury High School 2021 yearbook. The smoking gun reported. In May, school administrators discovered a quote from Adolf Hitler that was attributed to George, to George Floyd, okay, under a senior's photo in the yearbook. Another student's quote was edited to include drug references in the name of uh, Jokhar Sarnev, the convicted Boston Marathon. Uh, oh, yeah, Jokhar Tsarnaev, uh, the convicted Boston Marathon barner. Barner? Bomber. My goodness. I am good at reading. Uh, I'm just not good at saying the things that are being read. Yeah, that's, um, that ain't cool. 
that definitely ain't cool. Um, I, yeah, but that's not cool. That's all I can really say. Uh, our last story, news you can use. Philadelphia police recently impounded a car with a technological technological in innovation that just might take off. A license plate equipped with a remote control flipper which allows a driver to foil the red light cameras placed around the city. Captain John Ryan told WPVI-TV uh, that police are capturing images of many cars with illegitimate temporary tags or otherwise disguised numbers which puts officers in danger. He gives us bad information. The car might be involved in a crime. I've heard of things that I've, I've heard of things like this that existed like friggin' 10 years ago, I think. So the, these have been around for quite some time. Um, I don't know. It's a weird area to be in, to say the least. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Let's get some music going, shall we?
Tracks by L-Sync, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, shiptoons, and all things weird and geeky. And today, I want to talk about some games. Uh, it's always good to see the fan love for certain games get to the point where people want to make their own representations of them. VIP holders are often not so appreciative of the idea and will quickly shut those suckers down. Looking at you, Nintendo. But occasionally you'll get some projects that just keep on existing, either because of legal distinction, keeping it non-profit, or maybe the rights holders just don't know about the project yet. On top of that, there are some of these indie devs that will take it a step further and offer free online play, sometimes even out of their own pocket. Mind that the uh, corpse lately have been doing the same, but not without commercializing the experience and offering premium content on top of that. So today let's look at a few of these multiplayer love letters and com compare it to what the big boys are up to. So the first comparison I'm making today is Tetris, most notably Battle Royale Tetris, and for this we're going to start by once again looking at Tetris 99. Now, I've already reviewed this game in the previous episodes, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it other than to note that this is a pretty solid game to play. Arca have a fair bit of experience building strong Tetris gameplay, what with their series of super hard games under the mantle of Tetris, the ultimate, the grand master. Big grandiose name right there. And they've brought that experience into making a much less difficult but still challenging battle royale experience, which is fun to play. Uh, unless the RNG decides that you get to be designated punching bag several rounds in a row. This has happened to me. Or maybe you're playing on the extra hard Invictus mode, which gets up to uh, what players call 20G speed. Uh, which, think of it this way, as soon as your piece spawns in, it is already on the ground. Very hard way to play. Um, there is a slight problem with Tetris 99 as well, is the fact that uh, if you want to play specifically against your friends, or if you want, even if you want to play by yourself, guess what? You gotta pay for it. So there's your premium content right there. A single player mode or multiplayer against friends. Mm, there's sometimes you just can't have it all. Or can you? Because then there's Tetrio, or some might call it Tetro.io, because that's the website it's on. This is of course the fan project, which was founded by OSK and released in 2020. The Tetris company tends to mostly look the other way about third-party block stacking games, provided that they don't use any of the terminology and branding, which Tetrio kinda skirts with the name, but doesn't really anywhere else. For instance, clearing four lines, is not a Tetris, it is a quad. Now as far as controls go, it's mostly alright, although it's not as tight as I'd like. Um, it does also kind of come down to how you're playing though and how good you are at it and how much of a feel you have for uh, the specific physics to this game. 
Uh, for instance, it kind of looks like Tetrio should be able to support controls internally. It sure does recognize it, uh, recognize them when I start up the game. But I have not been able to get them to just work, leading me to have to use XFighter to buy my controller to keyboard inputs. And I will tell you right now, the control pad on my old SNES controller is far too loose for Tetris game is up if up is bound to hard drop. And then you have the whole story with my PlayStation controller, whose analog sticks are getting a bit old, and because of uh, one of the analog sticks skirting over the dead zone line and sending invalid inputs to the server en masse, I actually got temporarily banned from the game and had to appeal this ban. So that's cool. Now, as for the quick match, which is this game's battle royale mode, personally I found it to be far less forgiving than Tetris 99 for one big reason. In Tetris 99, attacks are delayed a few seconds until you get up to the top 10, where you get them almost immediately. Not the case in, Tetr in Tetrio. As soon as you receive an attack and lock down your piece, it comes in right away. Pretty much no mercy at all, leading to some short game sometimes. Uh, I think I've still yet to make it to top 10 in that one. Which is kind of interesting, because you're not necessarily going to be playing with 100 players, you're going to be playing with whoever's online at the time within a 20 second period. So usually that ranges between 50 and 70 players. On the plus side, Tetrio will also let you watch any player in real time if you're not actively playing. Although I will say it gets a bit depressing when you see how many people's strategy is just con to continuously perform T-spin doubles all the time, which is a skill I've never mastered or even really cared to. Uh, blame it on me being an old school Tetris, mm, excuse me, Tetris player, I guess. Still, if you're in need of a multiplayer block stacking fix and don't have a Switch or Nintendo Online, uh, Tetria's got you covered and it won't cost you a dime. Although, do consider supporting them if you can. There is an option for that. Second up, let's talk about Bomberman. A game about blowing the competition off their feet with bombs. Uh, in this case, what Kanabi's been up to as far as online multiplayer is Super Bomberman R Online. Uh, this one's got some interesting things going on, especially in its own Battle Royale mode. Battle 64 uh, puts you, as the name implies, against 63 other players in an extra-large arena section off into 16 smaller playfields. Every minute, players will be given the opportunity to move to a different playfield, and some of them will have to as they start to get closed off every phase, leaving any bombers still in them when the gates close to get crushed by a falling ceiling. Whoever can survive until the last field and destroy all their opponents becomes Bomber 1 and wins the match. However, where this game falls a little short, just as with Tetris 99, is playing with your friends directly, because that happens to be a premium feature in this game as well, as are most of the extra bomber options on display. Now, at the very least, if you want to play with your friends, only one person in the group needs to actually give Konami money, but it's still enough to leave a bad taste in some people's mouths. At the same time, though, in my view, it's not as though I'd expect any less from a big country like Konami, or in the case of 
Tetris 99, you know, Nintendo and Arga. They'll get whatever money, however, uh, however uh, they'll get whatever money they can, however they can, because that's basically how it works, right? Well, unless you get, uh, unless you start to get the indie developers involved, especially those with a strong love of the property and a lot of free time to spend on making something out of it. Enter Power Bomberman, developed by someone named Jay, uh, J-E-I, and released in 2013 and is still in active development today. I can't speak for how much the game, uh, for how the game was seven years ago, and I can't personally comment on how it feels to play from my own experience because I have no friends. Okay, well that's a lie, but I have no friends specifically to play this game with. But from footage that I've seen, I've, uh, this seems to be able to become a pretty madcap experience, allowing 12 players to play at once on, on one of a huge variety of different fields, largely themed after just as wide of a variety of official Bomberman titles, with a potentially huge number of options to tweak your game just the way you like to play. And by the way, there's a gachapon mode in this game to get new characters. Now, I know what you're thinking. Too good to be true, right? You gotta either pay for coins or else very slowly grind them over hours and hours of play, right? Well, no, actually. This game is 100% free, as Konami would probably take issue with Jade charging any money for it. On top of that, coins come pretty quickly in this game. After a multiplayer match, you usually have plenty enough coins for... 8 to 10 gacha pulls, or even more if it was a particularly long and grueling match. And how many player, how many characters are in this game anyway? You'd think, yeah, it's a fan game. You might get 50, 100 at most. Now how about you get to take your pick of over 600 characters? From either from Bomberman games, or tangentially related to the series, and some other various hunts and soft and Konami characters, including that handful of random premium characters from uh, Super Bomberman R Online. And unlike SBRO, these players, these characters all play the same. If you want to play as a different character in SBRO, be prepared to deal with their special mechanics because each of them plays slightly differently and not always in a good way. I am looking at you, Green Bomber. You may be yeah, as young as you still are, I'm sure you can handle more than one bomb at a time. Seriously, players who will play as Green Bomber in that game have something to prove. Players who win as Green Bomber in that game have proven it. And also, you get to play as a single player mode in a mode built to emulate the original Bomberman NES game, as well as an extra mode which speeds up that game, starting every life with two double strength bombs and a heck ton more speed, as well as allowing the player to pick up an, a handful of the, the extra power-ups found in this game. And boy howdy, there are a lot of power-ups in this game. Pretty much any power-up that you can think of that has ever been in a Bomberman game, you're probably going to find in Power Bomberman somewhere. It's wild. Anyway, 
By the way, you get coins for this mode too, so you get to build up your roster by yourself and impress your friends by bringing Bonk to the party or something, I don't know. There's 600 characters you'll find when you like. The only big downside I would say, no battle royale mode and no online matchmaking. But well, I guess, for how many other features this thing has, it's still worth checking out. And once again, it is completely free. Just look for it online. Power bar, man. It's easy to find. And yeah, hey, maybe someday these uh, missing features that I mentioned might be a thing. Who knows? So that's going to about do it for this review. Uh, there's many other comparisons I'm sure could be made between these fan fabrications and corporate creations, but I'd rather not suddenly get hit with the C&D. Although, if that does happen, whoever did it is probably trying a little too hard. I'm just talking about games here, I'm not making them. So um, yeah, let me know uh, of your experiences playing any of these games, especially the um, fan games, Tetrio and Powerbarman. Um, talk, let, let me know about it over on my Twitter, at SquareSim, S-Y-M. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, and let's get some music going, shall we?
those ninja moves by extent of the jam, and here comes the search for Starship Raoul from Sunset Ballista from the uh, uh, compilation album Ascend Together by a bit of chiptune. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
that, ladies and gentlemen, and people of all gender identities, that is how we start Season 5 and how we end the first episode of Season 5. Two things before I go. First of all, I want to let you know that I have been streaming as of late, and you can catch those streams over on twitch.tv slash coolio.mzx. And I'll be in the show notes for you. And also that I'll be in the next episode of Media Delta um, in the show notes as well. You can check that out. Uh, where we'll be reviewing a uh, game show called Starcade, which I had heard of but never watched. And if you want to find out my reactions about it, well, you're going to have to wait for uh, next Thursday and find that out. So it's going to be coming out on the um, 29th, I want to say. Yeah, sounds about right. Alright, so let's end this thing the way we usually do. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by myself, Madame Namiki, Noriki Kimikori, Twilight of Defect, Niflis, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the astrology show coming up next on CKDU, followed by the Witching Hour at 7pm and press start to continue at 8.30. Uh, comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also leave feedback on ckdu.ca under uh, listen, click on shows, find Square Wave Symphony, and click on leave feedback. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim or just search for Square Wave Symphony Square Wave as one word on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or most of the podcatchers out there. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 from Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time.